G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Something very significant to draw attention to and if you're keeping up to date with the changes in technology and the appearance of artificial intelligence, you might wonder what could be happening so far as the Bible. And there might be lots of translations of the Bible around the world, but there's still an awful lot that have not been translated into various languages. Some might even be concerned that with AI on the scene, there's all sorts of room for not only an accelerated ability to translate the Bible into languages all around the world, but also the possibility of corruption. Well, back today for an update on something significant around AI. And a special guest that we had on just recently uh, talking through these sorts of issues is Eric Stegerda. Now, Eric is Field Operations Director for Unfolding Word, unfoldingword.org. Eric's joining us from Nebraska in the U.S. Eric, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. I'm glad to be back. Eric, I've got a scenario for you, which is a tough one, and that's something that's happening today around issues of of AI, artificial intelligence, because in recent days there's been several reports that have emerged of AI being used to change the Bible. And an unlikely organisation at the centre of this scenario is that People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, an activist group, They've reportedly recently used ChatGPT chatbot to change the book of Genesis to make it vegan-friendly. I mean, some people will be amused by that, but there's a serious side here. How are you seeing the use of artificial intelligence in the possibilities for good things in Bible translation and also some of the risks? Well, thank you, Neil, for the question. The problem of technology is similar in, in, in any type of technology that we have in front of us. So all of us know about the good things the Internet can do and the bad things the Internet can do. So every time there is a new invention for the good of man, someone finds a way to use it for uh, the destruction of man. I would imagine it's no different uh, concerning the Bible. There's always been a question, let me just say, on even the free and open licensing question we talked about before, but won't that allow the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons then to just uh, corrupt the Bible and change whatever they want? And the answer to that is, well, they certainly could create their own translation, but they cannot corrupt the original is part of the issue. So in these scenarios, you don't get to corrupt the original, but you can create a derivative. In ChatGBT situation, this is one that I'm particularly worried about from the standpoint of how it deceives people. It's not a technology that by itself um, can can cause harm, but I think people are devoid of 
oftentimes the context to understand what they're seeing there. So if you if you read something in in uh, in the internet or you look something at ChatGPT, the ability of of that to present something as truth is actually powerful and scary if you don't have correlating material to judge it by. This is where I think a multitude of Bible translations becomes very helpful because if you have a scenario that you've just described where chat GPT is used to change something, you have other uh, translations that you can look at and say, hey, wait a minute, this does not line up with what I'm reading over here. Why is that? So as long as you have a multitude of other sources you can look at, it will minimize the potential damage of something like chat bt but the kicker is people have to look around <laughs> if you take chat gbt for what it says it can be highly deceptive some will even say that digital versions of the bible uh well that's the in thing uh the open book bible is old technology but uh, what would your thought be here, Eric? Uh, don't throw away your written, published books of the Bible because if there's going to be corruption, it'll happen in a digital version, won't it? Uh, very likely it could, yes. Not the only place it could because people can write corrupted things as well, particularly with uh, the assist, uh, how do I say, the access to printing on demand type systems. You can produce your own books these days. So print is not devoid of this problem. Uh, it is not. And I'll just give you a personal opinion. I don't throw away all my books. Anything you have in a digital environment can be taken from you. Let's just put it that way. So I encourage everyone to keep on hand their printed copies of the Bible that they have. That's one solution to the problem. But again, whether it's digital or print, the discerning Christian will look around and say, all right, we have multitude of, of, of translations to look at here. If all I have are the translated versions, I need to compare to make sure. It's like the Bereans examining the scriptures to see whether something was said by, you know, Paul was true, right? You should not just take at face value what you're seeing without comparison and study. That's the prudent response of the Christian. The, the problem as it will proliferate into our digital world, you know, though, is a, is a uh, clarion call to every believer to be mindful and watchful. Because we're talking about Bible translation, but the likes of ChatGPT, other digital things. We talk about the ability to do facial recognition. Um, there's technology out there today to take a voice snippet of yours and now create a speech pattern that sounds exactly like you. So the possibility of technology spoofing people with very convincing material is becoming highly problematic. So the Bible translation piece of this is one part of it. I think the discerning Christian in today's day and age have to be very aware and careful in all these spectrums to avoid uh, unnecessary uh, deception and delusion, actually. There's another scenario, too, to get your thoughts on, because not only we've got activist groups, maybe making a vegan-friendly version of the book of Genesis, but there's the other very serious uh, level of political interference and uh, thinking of the Chinese Communist Party and what we've been hearing about now for some time, the thought that the Communist Party will try and make a Chinese version of the Bible much more communist friendly, which is really a contradiction because communism is an atheistic foundation. And here we are talking about a spiritual book and uh, looking to God. Thoughts here around things you've heard about the Chinese version? Um, yes, that, that aligns with 
what I've heard also, you know, that they have actually, in fact, done this um, with the sanctioned version of Scripture. Now, again, that's a, an important word. Anywhere you have a government sanctioning a version of something, well, Christian must ask, okay, uh, why is this secular organization sanctioning this particular version of Scripture? Could be a question that we're asking ourselves. Again, the problem space is when you have one version. If that's the only version in Mandarin, that's going to be an issue with any context that people can have. So proliferation of copy or of, of copies of the of the Bible, uh, many versions of things. It, it's not different from the reason why we place such high faith in the original manuscripts is because there's so many copies of them around. We know they validate one another. The same holds true with, with copies of scripture. So that needs to be taken into account. Nefarious organizations will use Christian material to twist it to their benefit. We can be, there'll be no doubt about that. Our enemy is very devious and deceitful this way. So it's again a call to um, a Christian who relies on the Holy Spirit. And let me bring this one other point up here, uh, Neil, because I think it's, I think this is the, uh, the umbrella for it all. God is the one who stewards his word. He stewarded his word from the time he gave it all the way through the centuries up to the present day. And as we mentioned before, he did all that without copyright being in place up until 1900. So the Holy Spirit can successfully oversee his word. It's his word. It's not man's word. I have full confidence no matter what people try to do, God will make sure that his word is there in sufficient uh, translations and volume so his church will flourish. I have no doubt about that. But that does not keep us from needing to act prudently and wisely with whatever's in front of us. It's God's Word. It's His Bible. And there's still a long way to go with the number of languages in the world that need the Bible in their heart language. And this is where you're working. I spoke to you just recently, around 50 stories that you're working to translate. It's like an accelerated way of getting the Bible story from Genesis through Revelation into the heart language of people groups around the world that have no Bible. Just quickly, Eric, how are things going with the work that you're working on? And is there enough take-up of these new tools that you're using to get these scriptures and these stories into people's hands? Um, yes, in a very short summary, the work in Chad is going very well. We completed one group of languages we call Group A. That was eight languages. We're working in a second group with another seven languages. We have on the horizon another five. Uh, just with the open Bible stories. And the intent is to take uh, these languages where churches are planted and actually move them into a higher level of translation capacity beyond this. And then there's a neighboring work in Sudan that's uh, got even more legs to it, shall we say. Uh, it's it's a, a different type of, ex of church-centric process that's fully involving all of the church itself. Or in Chad, you have the church using it to reach an unreached group, which is very interesting. But between those two countries... God is doing amazing things inside the network. And what we're seeing is the power of what happens when you train people and set them free. Well, you're working with those groups in Chad and the opportunity there for listeners today to connect with Eric Stegerda. Eric is Field Operations Director at Unfolding Word. And yes, there's partnership with other Bible translation ministries like Wycliffe or SIL or Every Tribe, Every Nation and Biblica. Uh, you can connect with Eric at unfoldingword.org and find out about what Unfolding Word does 
uh, with their church-centric Bible translation. Eric, thank you so much for giving us your insights today on 2020. You're welcome, Neil. Glad to be back with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 